obviously want to talk and learn all about psychosexual and look a little bit in the rearview mirror and, and get your opinion on a couple things. But uh, man, I, I guess we got to start with the beginning and the beginning of psychosexual clicked on all your cylinders like that touched all of your influences. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I just had gotten out of a band, uh, you know, with Five Finger that it was about a 14-year run for me, and we got to accomplish some pretty great things together. So I wasn't in any hurry to get back into a band situation necessarily. I was just kind of um, working on music myself, and I had some back surgery done and uh, had to kind of repair my body a little bit after all that wear and tear from the drumming over the years. And then I started to miss it. And I was like, you know what? I'm enjoying the music that I've been making, but I kind of want to make maybe a little bit darker and heavier music that uh, I could play with the band live and, and get back out to do something that's fun for me and make it as theatrical as possible. So it just kind of started taking on a life of its own and kind of uh, building and building. And we made some music and we put out this record maybe last summer real quick. And there was really no big campaign or anything like that. I just kind of threw it out there on Spotify. And maybe I put up like a small press release and, and then we just kept recording because the, the, the pandemic was happening and um, there, were, there was nothing you could do. There was no shows or anything. So we just kept writing and recording and we came up with a song called Devil from Hell. And I was like, man, I wish this could have been the first thing we put out because it felt right. Like that was when we kind of found ourselves, so to speak. Like not everyone has it all figured out on the first record. <laughs> right. So yeah, I was like, okay, I kind of wish this was the first thing we put out. So we basically were like, nobody even really knows that much about the other stuff anyway let's just start over so i kind of pulled that stuff down and now i'm relaunching with devil from hell and a brand new album and that original stuff we'll probably see the lie today in some form down the road but we're basically kind of just starting fresh with devil from hell and um i'm excited to to share it with everyone i think people that like five finger will like it and uh you know people that necessarily didn't like five finger they hopefully they will if we make music for ourselves that we like like every other band does you know there's nothing new there but you know uh you can't control how people feel about it and but we feel real confident and happy and we're excited to get going was the plan always to move from the back of the stage to the front of the stage i mean was the idea to always become a singer did you always have that vision well, I'd always made my own music where I sang on it. So I, I didn't think I have to be a front man. You know, I, it was just, um, it seems natural to me. Uh, I just wanted to kind of do it, but I never, it wasn't like my ultimate goal. I didn't sit around thinking, I've got to quit playing drums and start singing. It, was, it wasn't like that. It just, uh, I'd always made music and sang on it. And then I thought, you know what? It would be fun to put a band together and actually <laughs> and, and be the front man. You know, I dress up as this crazy character and I kind of get to do whatever fun thing I'm thinking and um, I just want to make it as theatrical and fun as possible whenever we finally get to play shows for people. I mean, we, we did one streaming show, which was bizarre because there's really nobody in the crowd. It's like right. you finish the song and there's like three people in there that clap. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to act like you're playing in an arena because it's going all over the internet and it's weird. But um, we'll probably do that again unless, you know, things open back up and we can get out there and start playing proper shows. But uh, we'll see. So lots of things I want to break down, the music and the look and for creating the daddy devil character. What was your inspiration for creating that look? Was it based on a prior horror movie? What were you kind of thinking? Was it based on Jim Carrey's The Mask? Where did you kind of come up with that vision for that look? I honestly didn't know what that voice was supposed to look like. So I'm like, I have to, it can't just be a normal guy or normal rock guy. It's got to be a character of some sort. And I'd never seen a devil front man. 
And I always kind of like that imagery. So I collaborated with a makeup artist here in Vegas who's very talented. And uh, it took a while. And, and, and the first time we tried to do the makeup, it took about four hours to, <laughs> to wow. get into the makeup. Because it's partially prosthetic and part makeup. Now we have it down to about an hour which it's still long enough once we go on tour that's you know i'll have to deal with that when we get there but uh, <laughs> I, i've always you know i was painting my face at the end of death punch anyway and when dressing up as a skeleton so i was kind of headed that direction i've always made it tough on myself in bands and painted myself or done some wear wore mask or, or, or done something that makes it a little more challenging just uh instead of walking on stage as a normal person but the inspiration for this character it was just like, well, I've never seen a devil, so let's try that. Because <laughs> I wanted to do something different. I love it. And was it the voice created first or the, the look created first? I imagine the voice, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I had been working on recordings for years. And in the earlier days, it was more kind of synth poppy, 80s new wave, dark new wave kind of stuff. But I can't get rid of my love for heavy music, you know. So I just kind of wanted to blend it all together and, and take... Uh, all my influence influences and put them in a blender and then put my spin on it and <laughs> and that's what you have now i love the uh the new single devil from hell and thank you it's um we're, we're really proud of that song and the video is a lot of fun too we we shot this western style video that's really i think is pretty uh well done and, and a lot of fun so I'm i'm excited for people to finally see that and that tune in particular a little bit more uh metal a little bit a little bit less on the synth side for sure, yeah, it's definitely more more straight up rock. Um, you know, there's a, a heavier vocal, and there's some slide guitar. It's got a little bit of a blues thing going on there, but it's heavy, and it's it, it's a fun track, man. I I've, uh, wish it could have been the first thing that was released, but now it is, we're just starting over, so it kind of is. And I, I imagine it was a big learning experience going from album one to album two on Holy Hymns for the Children, but what was the time frame? How, how long was the... Uh time difference between recording album one versus album two we haven't stopped we're on album five right now damn <laughs> there's been no shows you can't tour so we love to make music so it's like let's let's take this time and make records because we love it and once we start touring then we can keep touring we don't have to stop to make a record which you know that's cool and all but you get burned on the road and then you want to come home and relax. You don't want to come home and get right into the studio. So this will be nice to where we won't have to race into a studio. We can actually step off of the road and relax for a second and then go back out again without having to, to wait a long time to make a record. So there's been no long downtime. You know, we just have been grinding since the first record till now, even today, you know, like every day we work. I love it. And, you know, obviously no one has a crystal ball, but when shows come back, is is the idea to put uh, psychosexual, like to get in a van, or are you going to more pick your spots at festivals and, and more high-profile shows? Well, we'll take what we can get. You know, we have to earn our stripes like everyone else. I am buying a bus, though. I'm not uh, riding in a van at my <laughs> age. <laughs> you know, I want this to last, and I want to physically feel good. I don't want to be crammed in a van. I'm just, I'm too old for that stuff, and I, I don't want to do that. It's not comfortable. I'll be sure and purchase a bus so we're, we can be comfortable. <laughs> but you're not, you're not afraid of that grind, getting back to that grind of playing, you know, five, six, seven nights a week. No, because I can control it. You know, it's not uh, a runaway machine like 
death punch had become. It's, there was no stopping that train once it was really rolling. And uh, I was like, guys, can we please take a break? And it just seemed like nobody ever really wanted to take a break. And I was physically struggling. I, I couldn't do what I did anymore. Playing fast double bass all the time was like, okay, my brain can do it, but my body's not reacting like it used to. And that was frustrating. I wasn't enjoying it like it, I, you're supposed to. That's supposed to be your favorite time of the day to get up on stage and and rock in front of thousands of people. But I was like, ugh, I'm not playing very good. I don't feel good. I think that this might be my sign, you know, to, to step off the, the train. So I did. You know, athletes can't keep going forever. Right. And, you know, I guess the difference being with this project, too, is that you're calling all the shots. I mean, even though there's a band name, it's more of like Nine Inch Nails as a band name, but we know Trent Reznor is in control. Same thing for you. It, it, there's a band name, but it's really you're calling all the shots. Yeah, and you know, it, you take everyone's input, and um, you take that to heart. I, I know what it's like to be in a band situation, and uh, everyone kind of wants wants it their way. You know, it's tough compromise, and you're dealing with strong personalities, creative personalities, um, and you're together a lot. So I keep all that in mind. But yeah, you know, this is something that is definitely more mine that I can uh, call the shots and. It's enjoyable, and I'll do it as long as it's enjoyable. And once it's not enjoyable, then I won't. But um, I think it's going to be enjoyable for a while, and I'm very excited. We have lots of material to share with people that I'm excited about, and we work really hard on. So we'll see where it goes. You know, I like I got to do great things in Death Punch, and I got to play some of the biggest stages all over the world, and see the world many times over, and earn a really decent living. And uh, so I'm very blessed and fortunate. And now I can kind of just do what I want. And this is what I want to do. I love it. And, you know, speaking of, of writing and, and talking about this project, uh, where I imagine you're controlling all the writing, looking back on Death Punch, it was interesting. I was trying to look up songs that, you know, you had written individually over the career. And it's interesting that the first album, there's individual co-writes and everything. And then after that point, it's all one for all and all for one. Was that a philosophical change back then with Death Punch? It was pretty much decided early on that everyone needed to have a piece of, of the pie just because it keeps the morale high and people aren't like getting their feelings hurt if their songs didn't make it. Like now everyone's included. Let the best song win. Everyone's compensated properly. So that's easier to deal with as a group. You know, I, I it really helped that band kind of uh, <laughs> get through some of the hard times, I, I, you know, just because it was an equal, equal playing field. Looking back on, on your career, is there a song that, that you can kind of maybe look back and take ownership on? Was there a song that you had a big hand in? Obviously, The Bleeding, you got the co-write on, but was there any one, other one in over the Death Punch career that uh, you had a big hand in writing? Well, I mean, I was always there giving input. Jason and I were working on tracks and I'd be in the studio with Ivan helping him. But one that I really had a hand in was Champagne. That was towards the very end. I, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I had a big hand in that one. And, um, but yeah, I was pretty much there through, through most of it with everyone, either with Zoltan, with Jason or with Ivan. So <laughs> Champagne kind of makes sense. That's a tune that very uh, much so has the uh, tongue planted in the cheek and, and kind of that continued on with psychosexual. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, everything needs to be, have a little bit of humor, I think, in order to survive, man. <laughs> That's just always how I've looked at things. It's, I've always tried to find the humor and everything. Yeah, it's funny. And, and that can get lost in metal. Like I know for back in the day, there was a thing where Lamb of God, you know, they couldn't smile on stage and stuff like that. And as much as we love hard rock and heavy metal, I think you're right. I think it does get too serious sometimes. And we need that sense of humor, that comic relief to not take everything so seriously. Well, even in the early days of Death Punch, I was trying to 
not ever smile in a photo or anything like that. And I was like, you know what? This is, that's not who I am. <laughs> I'm kind of a dork. It likes to make jokes. So I just started being me and, and relaxed more. But um, I was learning how to do it. I was new. It was all it was a brand new thing. Like that, that band came together really fast. It started with Zoe and I, and and then we started making a record before we even had the rest of the band. You know, so it, wow. it moved fast. Going back to the beginning. It- Talk about the formation. I mean, what was the the mission statement for Death Punch back in the day? Was it to just make kick-ass music? And talk about that a little bit, if you wouldn't mind. Well, we we kind of were fans of metal, and there really it wasn't popular. Like it just it had a small resurgence, but it definitely wasn't happening at radio. And it's like, let's make a record that we're really excited about the kind of music we want to listen to. Just like I was talking about earlier, that's what every band does. They make the music they want to make. But we also knew that there was kind of a, a void of a, of a certain style. And uh, it just so happened to be the style that we were doing. <laughs> so we, we got real fortunate. It took a while for us to break. Um, and then once it did, things really sped up fast. And we started getting on all these arena tours. And we're releasing more songs on radio and having more and more success. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. But we just started out as this hungry, angry band that were tired of being rejected and or the, our past projects. And it all came together at the right time with the like-minded people. And our sound just seemed to fill a void that wasn't there. And, and, and it changed rock radio. It really did because there oh, wasn't yeah. a lot of double bass stuff going on on the radio. And I made it my mission to put like 16 no double bass in about <laughs> every chorus I could. <laughs> Well, I love it because you were creating music that wasn't on the radio back then and, and music that you weren't hearing back when Death Punch created. And I think you're doing that again now with Psychosexual. I, I don't feel like there's any other music that's out there that's doing what that band is doing. Thank you. I agree. And that's that's part of the stimulation for me. Like I always want to do things that seem fresh to me or that are new or stimulating to me. And hopefully people will come along for the ride and enjoy it. And if they don't, that's okay too. I mean, we make music for ourselves. We're selfish musicians, but you also want to have fans. Otherwise you're playing to an empty room. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So that would be, people do like it. And if they don't, that's cool too, but uh, I'm enjoying it. And I think it's fresh and there's no two records that are the same. Like I said, we're already on record five and every one of them are drastically different. And that's what's fun to me because it's um, people think like, okay, we got, I got, we got our finger on what this is. No, you don't. (laughs) Where it keeps changing. And that to me is fun and exciting because then you can, you can kind of hopefully bring people along on the journey. And you don't know what you're going to get. It's like, a you know, every Iron Maiden album, Eddie was in a different setting. Is that kind of the same idea to go into different worlds and lanes with Psychosexual? Yeah, for sure. And even more so musically. I, I don't think that they're drastically different musically, except for maybe after that first record. Then it changed once Bruce came on board. Right. Then it started sounding, you know, very similar, which and they've kicked ass all these years. But musically, it's going to be you know, changing more and more each record, even from song to song. Like, I don't think there's a whole record of the same style. Like, it's it's pretty, it's pretty eclectic and it's cool. I like it. I can't wait to hear it all and hear the whole album. And Jeremy, I appreciate all the time. Just a couple last things I wanted to hit you with. Uh, we're one of those old school radio stations that still does mandatory Metallica. And I kick off my show with mandatory Metallica. So I wanted to dig into your Metallica fandom. Do you remember how you discovered Metallica when you discovered the first song you heard? Do you remember that? Yeah, I, well, I was seeing ads in magazines, heavy metal magazines. And um, I got the Master of Puppets cassette at Walmart. And I went home yeah. and listened to the whole thing. I laid on the family room floor with headphones and listened to the whole thing. And it like wore me out. I was blown away by all the double bass. And uh, that record to me was, 
a pivotal moment in my wanting to be a double bass drummer for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a masterpiece. I mean, they made great records throughout their career, but I think that album is flawless. Yeah, I love it. It's my favorite record. So interesting to learn, too, that uh, Lars did have a big impact on your double bass playing. I love Lars. He's one of my favorites ever. I think he's, you know, sometimes unfairly put down for maybe, I don't know what it is, some of his execution or whatever, but his part ideas, his song part ideas are some of the coolest I've ever heard. I lo- There's no Metallica without Lars. I mean, he, that dude is a vital part of that band and that sound, and I love him. I think he rules. And uh, any experience with Metallica? I mean, you must have shared a stage with them. Have you gotten to know the guys over the years or anything? No, I wanted to. We never did. We What? I think that we were supposed to be on some Revolver Golden God Awards performance or something. Yeah. But we were gone before they even were around. So our thing was earlier in the night or something. I miss it. But we never shared a stage. We never were on a tour or on a festival. And that's one thing I regret. Do so much cool things, but that was one of the unfortunate things that didn't happen. You know, we got to open for Kiss for six shows, and that was a dream come true. Um, but no Metallica. Wow, crazy! And uh, just yep. because it is mandatory, Metallica, pick a Metallica tune for us to play on the radio. Do you does it matter which one it is? Any one, man. You pick it. Let's play Damage Incorporated. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Beautiful, Jeremy. Thank you so much for the time and best of luck with the new record and can't wait to hear it and rock it on the radio for you. Thanks a lot, Mike. Appreciate your time. Have a good one, man. You too. Bye. Bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming on live at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.